Hey, this is Menle Golakai Agri. And this is Lauren Yoshiko, and you're listening to Broccoli Talk, a podcast for cannabis lovers. So, Menle, it's been quite a year, hasn't it? Ooh, it has been insane, beautiful, stressy, tranquil scary, all the things. We are only two, I mean, basically two weeks away from 2020. So it it felt appropriate for us to do a sort of review episode and also predictions episode and talk about some of the things that happened this year, good, bad, ugly, stony, and things that are happening right now and kind of in flux and then things that we hope will happen next year or think will probably happen next year whether we like it or not. So here we go. Let's uh, talk about 2019 and the year that will be 2020. Let's get it. I've had a lucky year, I feel like, with the incredible experience at In Bloom and then getting to, I mean, obviously co-hosting a podcast is cool not something I expected would happen this year and it, it happened extremely quickly and yeah what a friggin' treat for the last part of this year to get to start doing this for me this year it's again I have to include other people I've I myself but I think a lot of others have felt and fe- and have seen amplification you know being amplified for things that you're doing. That's one of my favorite things is to sort of be able to read and understand more about people through them being featured and highlighted and amplified. And I think that's been beautiful. I I was super stoked that I want to say it was Sarah Silverman earlier in the summer, and she posted a picture of a local Oregon edible brand that's delicious. They're they're like they do the best little like chocolate covered marshmallow treats that are very much like indulgent fun. I mean, the brand is called Junk Goods, so like they fully embrace gourmet munchie and do it in like a fun Portland way so I, I've always had a soft spot for them and to see it by no means was it like a, span, a fancy sponsored post but you just saw her being stoned posting a like a picture of the package that she's obviously eating that night but we were kind of thinking we would share some news that we wish was real we totally made these up or at least Ellen Freeman did one of my favorites is puffed Her Royal Highness Meghan Markle and the British Royal Family Strain, a tribute to the late Princess Diana Sleeves. Uh, I'm very into Spark Joy, Marie Kondo's energy and focus enhancing strain that will inspire you to drop everything and clean out your closets. Try smoking it out of her custom, easy to store, collapsible bong. Last one because I think this is adorable. Coco and Keiko, the World Wildlife Fund's macro-dose CBD edible designed for large pets. My cat needs a double dose. I mean, he's fat and he's kind of mean, <laughs> so he would probably take a cocoa dose if we're being real. Speaking of CBD, getting back to our urine review, our real, real things that happened in review. Peak CBD. Did we hit it this year, Menle? child I don't know I don't know I'm gonna say maybe I'm gonna say yes I'm gonna say I'm sure 2020 would love to prove us wrong but I hope we hit peak CBD this year because I recently learned that there are CBD infused mattresses and pillows that exist in the world that you can buy 
if it's just in the mattress, how does it get to you? Do you have to like lay face down, like breathing through the sheet to inhale it? I feel like you can't even use sheets. You just have to be so immersed in order for it to work. Ew. <laughs> it's a sheetless. It's got to be sheetless. So we did find there's also some infused activewear out there, like some leggings. I mean, I, I already imagined there were some leggings scams out there but uh infused activewear that only lasts 40 washes cbd is getting cray there's so many levels to it people are already getting some crackdown on making medical claims but on the same token you've got all these multi-level marketing companies that exist and i've heard of hemp works in a few circles now like my grandma coming to me and being like look at this cbd lauren is this what you write about and it's like no no it's not please don't (laughs) buy that and they make crazy promises and no one's telling them not to and if they are it doesn't matter the next round of people will just keep perpetuating it and i just found something online about somebody and England that was like they were putting out fake customer testimonials of like I lost 57 pounds on hemp works and I treated my gonorrhea I treated my gonorrhea with hemp works and it went away in a week or whatever like crazy shit it's just disheartening you know like you're saying yeah the FDA I guess mailed out a bunch of warning letters just these past couple weeks to about 15 or so companies with you know claiming that CBD does blank but some people get warning letters for just pointing to an actual academic journal that talks about CBD, you know, it's going to be hard to see where these regulations um, fall exactly because there is so much gray area. There's so many people who are trying to do the right thing and going above and beyond to separate themselves. But then the state of hemp is is insane. But one of my favorite terms, speaking of the state of hemp, again, left field is hot hemp. I don't know why. I mean, hot hemp is when, you know, cannabis has a higher, a high level of of THC, anything that's above 0.3%. Oh, shit. And hot hemp just makes I me did not think of, like, so many songs. I think of, like, backing it up to hot hemp. Um, on a lighter note, it's just, like, <laughs> it's insane. Speaking of crazy, we should probably talk about Vapegate 2019, the vape incident, the vape crisis epidemic. I mean, the, the scariest part for me personally, even being removed in Mexico, was just no one knew if it was tobacco or cannabis products or THC products. I think that was really the the scariest part that translated to me out here. Regulation came down faster than gun control regulation after a much more serious event, and the people really reacted. States started to enact bans. In Oregon, we had a immediate vape ban on anything with added flavor, and that's like pretty vague and doesn't really necessarily keep people from vaping unsafe stuff. The average Joe does not understand how the oil in that little clear window makes it into his lungs, and different pens have different ovens and coils and wicks and of varying qualities like you could have a very pure pen that has zero additives be made like shit and be really unsafe to vape and at the same time you can have something that's super safe have terpenes reintroduced into it and that would be categorized as illegal because it's technically added flavors there have been vapes for a very long time specifically with cannabis you've got the volcano remember that one i don't know if you use it with a big ass bag yes. <laughs> like some space bag yes and, absolutely I mean, that's been around for a while and you i have not heard about any deaths or any issues from using those types of vapes i do think that do have to look 
look at the way that some of these devices are made, some of these sort of tech weed devices are made. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see some clarity in 2020 with that. And I hope we do get there. There's no question, like the more places that are legalized and have these regulated markets, we get the process of testing that stuff appropriately is a little bit easier. Like being able to have a safeguard against just like one last body, one third party checking in on how this shit is made can make a huge difference. It can be a difference between life and death, literally in this case. So one more reason, one more drop in the old legalization bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Do you vape? So I do appreciate flower vape. I mean, vape pens, if it's from somebody I trust, then it's totally nice to have around. It's still travel friendly. Um, It's uh, definitely a convenient purse amendment. But I do not experiment with vapes. Like, I'll experiment with enough research with different farmers. I don't experiment. Like, if I want to really know the people behind the vape and how it works and then who they source it from and how they care about testing and who's getting money. Those are the things that I need to know for sure before I inhale a little vape pen. So, like, what does it mean to be a modern cannabis lover? In our world, it's that perfect mix of design, thoughtfulness, and humor, which is why we're massive fans of UU. UU also just launched NBD CBD, a full-spectrum organic CBD tincture with unique terpene profiles for flavor and effect. The hemp is grown and processed in upstate New York, made by an all-woman team from start to finish. I mean, CBD should be fun too, right? Visit UU online at UU.com. That's Y-E-W-Y-E-W.com. And on Instagram at UUShop. Yeah, I am jealous that California has a weed restaurant. I don't know if it's like the ultimate weed restaurant. It's like, I think kind of like a fancy Applebee's menu type of vibe. It is exciting. Like, I mean, Oregon and Washington, we just, there just aren't laws that allow that. I, uh, I'm really excited to see more of that happen. There's nothing more enjoyable than being able to sort of sit at a table and eat some food and then spark up a joint either before or afterwards. Like, you know, when I have dinner parties at at my house, I like to smoke afterwards where I think if I were smart, I would I would probably introduce more joints before we eat. So everything just tastes good automatically. (laughs) And that's like a big part of normalization, I think, too, is that like there's so many different ways to drink in public. You can get a nice glass of wine with lunch and it's not not considered this like nightclub Vegas experience of shots and dancing on a table and getting completely drunk like there's a spectrum of of alcohol experiences in public I think people need to see that it's not going to be the end of society as a whole if people have a puff of a joint at lunch when they get their burger and fries you were just describing pure joy to me a hit after after some burgers and fries oh Being able to just smoke with your dinner and then go to a movie instead of clumsily having a car sesh in the movie theater parking lot before the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then you don't have to to... reek up the theater. (laughs) Exactly. 
my my worst my worst experience is like always looking for like the corner before you hit any sort of movie theater like where are there not cops cars people i want to smoke this and i want to be fully high for star wars like sorry but that's what's happening i cannot wait for that that's my hope and prayer for 2020 i want a movie theater that we can consume in this year I've had like a total epiphany though and I will say like there is going to be so many products that don't fit into a particular category because my when I really think about like what was major and different about this year weed toothpicks (laughs) and it sounds silly right like I at first bought them fully ironically like fully sarcastically I'm going to find a way to write a really funny cruel review about these toothpicks and uh the minute I popped one in and read the directions to like chew and suck on it a little bit because it's pretty much soaked in co2 oil it blew my mind it really did open my eyes to like a whole different kind of discretion like I could literally stand point blank and have a conversation with anyone in the entire world and be getting high in front of them. Like being able to walk through a museum and like pop a toothpick and just be getting higher without any worry at all was a fully new experience. Like I didn't have to wash my hands. I didn't have to worry about getting rid of a wrapper or dividing up this edit this edible into five bites while I'm in a freaking tourist's bathroom or something. You know, it was was really really eye-opening to what could be different in the future it's beautiful to hear that like it it feels like it's bringing us closer to normalize normalization you know the the idea of being able to do something out in public i feel like is a way of normalizing cannabis in general and even if it's discreet i think it's it's getting us closer hopefully i guess i'm curious to hear from you too like what about federal legalization is like What's happening there? Is that even the goal? There's actually a group in Oregon that is working not to push federal legalization, but instead focusing on the legalization of interstate commerce between states that have cannabis laws. So it would basically bring down the border between the states that are legal. So people in California and Oregon could be doing business, driving across the border legally. And then more significantly... I'm sure you have heard like the West Coast was kind of overstocked with weed the last couple of years. All of these people wanted to get in on the green rush. There was thousands, hundreds of thousands more pounds of weed grown than could even be physically consumed. If we legalize interstate commerce, then these states that are just now coming online in the Midwest and further up the East Coast and like Massachusetts and Maine, like they would be able to start off on a great foot, like instead of waiting for years to get everything in line to the point that we do over here with established testing rules and and licensed facilities and cultivators that are set up with the right land and the right resource usage and figuring out production like for growers to get going it takes a few years to figure out the right cultivars and what everything wants so instead of all that time getting up to speed 
they would be able to hit the ground running the minute they become legal, make a big order from some of these companies on the West Coast, help keep some of these companies on the West Coast from dying because they're oversaturated and the prices have dropped so much. So like this could be a huge equalizer. It may be a distant figment of our dreams, but it is an interesting thing to see the possibilities other than federal legalization that like progress things logically because if all these states are enacting really thoughtful laws that make sense for their populations then maybe that's better maybe if if everybody just legalizes shit their own way and we drop down the borders and people can interact directly state to state like maybe that's better i don't even i don't know a lot of us down here in mexico are finding herb from mostly the u.s and canada And that's been really difficult because I think, you know, as Mexico's medical cannabis legislation is currently being drafted in a very confusing way, it doesn't currently authorize any production of like the plant within this country, within Mexico. And so that does force a lot of people to use and purchase from the U.S. um, and Canada, which is crazy. I mean, you're taking that risk just so that you can have something that technically is legal legal to possess. It's it's very confusing. I mean, in late October of this year, after a lot of buzz and a lot of promises and a lot of previous bills possibly being drafted, the Morena party here, which is kind of left, um, you know, in the full scale of things, and it's the same party as the current president um, of Mexico, Andres Manuel López Obrador. And basically, so this draft was presented and it would legalize the adult use of cannabis in the entire country. But, you know, a lot of cannabis activists have shown resentment just because some of these details don't include very specific things um, for consumers, for people who want to grow, for, you know, people who don't want to have to just get products from the U.S. So I think it's really difficult to address, you know, legalization for a nation versus state by state laws. And I don't know how that would work here. Bottom line, baseline is sort of handling and addressing and really straightening up what equity looks like in any sort of cannabis project, program, legalization, bill, etc. You know, everyone was excited about California having social equity elements built into the initial law, but I've talked to some people that were beneficiaries of those allotments and it's still kind of being used and abused and people are finding loopholes already like in Oregon and Washington Colorado like the state didn't even know what to do with tax revenue for a couple years they were so scared to start touching cannabis money on a state level I think in Oregon it went to like traffic cops the first year (laughs) because they were too scared to put it into schools I think it is interesting how often you do see those funds especially some that are separated for quote-unquote equity goes directly to police forces and and it, it seems very bad backwards and confusing. And, you know, it's tricky for people to figure out how collectively we would like to see businesses and states be held accountable and and how to sort of like push forward a healthy chain that directly influences and helps communities. You got to just think about where your money is going. We have conveniently short supply chains right now, still in the grand scheme of things, like compared to the craft macaroni and cheese in your cupboard and the face wash in your in your bathroom, like you can trace back where your money goes when you buy weed right now because it's a it's a young enough industry. There aren't as many middlemen so far. Shop smart, like buy from a company that you can see is owned by people you want to have your money, whether it's people of color or people 
that are local or people that have a, a moving ethical story or people that give a lot back. You can figure that out and you can choose whether or not to buy from them. Despite how far we've come and how far we, we want to believe we've come with equity, there's still so many disheartening things that feel like setbacks. I'm not saying I'm a saint, but it was a little shocking recently. I uh, was approached by a company to consult when they approached me, they came up with a list of different names for their company. And some of them were okay. Some of them were, you know, better than others. Some of them were really great. But I was super shocked by a couple. One of the names of the company that they wanted was Plantation. And that was really difficult to hear and read in 2019. It was really bizarre. I politely and I was trying to be as diplomatic and respectable. And I just, you know, clearly said for many people, this is inappropriate. I spoke to them later. I spoke to them with um, one of my business partners and we kind of just sat down because I think it's something you have to address. You know, what they said was that in Canada, the word plantation means nursery or farm. And I'm kind of like, bitch, it means the same thing in English in any speaking country that's it's like, what are you talking about? It means the same thing here. It's it's not about that. Like, if this is what your company is going to be, you should really consider that. And I think connecting it all, it's like when you think about equity and when you think about inclusion, there's just still so many people who aren't there yet. There's a goal for next year. Like as much as we talk about the cannabis industry, I'd say like the the past year has been a lot of like looking deeper at the plant literally and like making people understand what full spectrum means an endocannabinoid system and all of a sudden it's like a household term to understand the difference between primary cannabinoids and now maybe 2020 i mean we can hope and cross our fingers and do all of our rituals for is looking outward at the less tangible parts of this industry like that hopefully that's where we're gonna go that people are not just looking at like the economical logic the scientific research but the ethical implications of everything they do when it comes to a weed business what are some of your goals for next year Honestly, more yoga. That interview with Jessamine just really took me back into my yoga space. And that feels really good because I've fallen into a zone of working and doing my best and, and trying to be on top of everything. But I have really let my own personal health, um, mental and physically, like fall by the wayside. And I think it's it's an obvious one. It's one that a lot of people are doing, but it really filters into every part of my life. You know, like that will help me have better posture. And with better posture, I can breathe more and Maybe if I breathe more, I can smoke more joints. <laughs> but um, what about you? One of my goals is to get to know some other other facets of the industry better. All of these things are so isolated in the different states. And I got to travel. I got to see what's going on on the East Coast. I want to see what's going on in Vancouver, LA. I'm I'm really excited to start to participate in some of the other, other places because the weed may not be able to go across the borders yet, but I can. And so my goals are to do some, some interstate uh, weed experiencing and my little pipe dream this year is to get a little weeds not weed screenplay but a screenplay written and try to try to send my shit in and not necessarily be about a girl starting a weed business but have like weed be a natural background to the story in a way that it has not been yet like a 
a setting as much as a restaurant setting would be for a story about people who work at a restaurant. I want weed normalization in our uh, entertainment industry as well as media, social equity in the legal industry and agricultural industry. I want to see equal representation and normalization in Hollywood too. Okay, well, I guess we could go on forever about what we hope to see next year, but I'm excited (laughs) and we wish everyone a really, really happy new year. I can't believe this is going to be the last episode of the year. Feliz año, everyone. Ah, so cool. Thank you for being with us, and we can't wait for everything next year has to bring. This episode was produced by Anya Charbonneau. Our music is by Giselle Garcia, and our logo design is by Jennifer Wright. Visit Broccoli online at broccolimag.com and on our Instagram at broccoli underscore mag. Thank you so much for listening to the show.